This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Factor. If you want to eat better this year and are looking for fast, healthy, restaurant-quality meals that are ready to eat and easy on your budget, Factor is the perfect solution. Head to factormeals.com slash talk. TV50 and use code TALKTV50 to get 50% off your first month's order and 20% off your next month. That's factormeals.com slash TV 50 and use code TV 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Hi, this is Denny Miller and you're listening to Radio Confidential or TV Confidential. They both fit... Ed Robertson with a reminder that David Franka will join us at the top of the hour. We hope you'll stay tuned for that. In the meantime, Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are with us to bring you this week in TV history. And Tony's segment, as always, is brought to us by our friends at Story Salon, Southern California's longest-running, regularly performing live storytelling ensemble with live shows every Wednesday night in Valley Village and every week on the radio. For more information, go to storysalon.com. What do you have for us tonight? All right. So this is actually, I should just turn it over to you from the start. we got uh, March 27th, 1974, and that's when uh, the first episode of The Rockford Files aired. So I'll just turn it back to you now, since you are the ultimate authority on uh, that show. Well, the ultimate, I would say the ultimate authority would be both Steve Cannell and uh, Roy Huggins. Both are and uh, they're not available. And they're yeah. not available right now, but no, I will. I was going to say, leave a message, and I'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you wrote the book. Yes, Literally. Th- yeah. Th- 30 years of the Rockford Files. I've, I've said this before. I'll say it again. In many respects, it is the perfect television show because it has something for everyone. You don't have to be a private detective fan in order to enjoy Rockford Files. You don't have to be a guy to enjoy Rockford Files, although there are car chases, there are fist fights. There's enough action to to satisfy male viewers, and then you have Jim Garner, who is not only a good-looking guy, still in his prime, but he had that hangdog look that attracted female viewers. So, and then and then you would have, uh, especially after um, David Chase and Charles Floyd Johnson, you know, joined the show as producers around the third year. The show started taking on more and more, you know, social issues. And so you would have shows that had nothing to do with a traditional privatized show. So it's, it was an action-adventure show, but it was also a show that it occasionally had something to say within the entertainment format, which is not easy to do. And I always liked the writing. It's intelligent, intelligent television. It was. It was and and that, that stems directly from Roy Huggins and, and Steve Cannell, but certainly Roy Huggins because the idea started with Roy. It was the, the, the idea was, what if you took the essence of the Brett Maverick character uh, from the 1950s and put him in a modern-day setting, and, uh, that, and, and that, that more or less is, is, is the essence of the Rockford Files. And the thing about Roy Huggins, and we've said this on the program on more than one occasion, Roy, Roy had a knack. He was able. He, he knew what the public wanted, but Roy's approach to television was: he knew that basically eighty percent of the people watching Rockford Files or whatever show he was working on, he knew that eighty percent would tune in every week, regardless of whether you know whether it was a great show or or an okay show. He knew that 80% would tune in every week because television is based on habit. So Roy never worried about the 80%. Roy always worried about the 20% who may not come back. Huh. 
and he figured, okay, so to the, to the extent he could, he would aim for the upper tier of the audience. And so he would always try to make sure that the characters were engaging, that the, uh, that the, in, that the characters were witty, uh, and that the, the, the show did not have, you know, egregious plot logic and stuff like that. And, uh, he would, he, he would want to make sure that the audience, that the, that the show hooked the viewer from the get-go so that they would just want to keep watching from start to finish, week in and week out. And this, the way that the, a lot of the scripts were structured, you don't have a formula like so many other of the private detective shows then and now where, you know, you know by, you know, so many minutes, you know, we meet the client mm-hmm. and then so many minutes, you know, Rockford's going to get beat up or our car better be peeling out, you know, and then you can kind of time out how everything's going to play up until the epilogue. Uh, sometimes the episode could start in the middle of a case and you're looking backward uh, to where they get to this point. The episode could be, there was one, I think he was on, uh, chloroformed or knocked unconscious and so the episode's really the flashback to everything up until that point where and then it plays out from that era and then you know it could just be him fishing with rocky and then rocky asks for a favor a friend of mine's in trouble can you kind of check things out and things escalate and escalate and escalate which i think was actually the majority of the uh the episodes helping out an army buddy uh getting angel out of trouble how many times has he helped out dennis and and uh yeah it was and there's no pattern. And, there, and, and yeah, there, there is, it was not your typical private detective show. Yes. Uh, and, that's, and that's where we tip our hat to Steve Cannell, because mm-hmm. uh, you, mentioned, you mentioned Rocky, uh, Noah Barr's character, uh, Rockford's dad on the show. Up to that point, uh, there had not been an, uh, a, a regular, a, a weekly TV series where the main character had a, a, a weekly a weekly private eye series where the main character had a father who yeah. was on pretty much every week. The, the idea was that uh, private eyes were like these lone wolf characters and uh, they had no family, they had no essence, uh, whereas you know, Cannell changed that. And he basically patterned Rocky on his own dad. And, and again, you made, you made Rocky a, uh, he made him a truck driver who didn't understand why his crazy son would want to uh, risk his life week in, week out for money. And I think the viewers can identify with that because I think anybody who leaves the whatever the family business is, whether it's a mom-and-pop store or working at the plant or whatever it is, and somebody wants to go off and do their own thing where they could stay home and play it safe, I think a lot of the viewers could definitely connect to that. Why exactly. is he doing that when I could have set him up with his own thing? And, and it's not even a rich or poor thing. It's just a matter of, it's, you know, I, I, I want better for my right. son. That's right. I mean, I, I don't want you killed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, there was, and, you know, he felt pain. Yeah. He got, you know, it wasn't like, you know, the, uh, you know, maybe that black eye or something like that. I, I mean, the guy felt pain and, uh, and you also dealt with the economics of being a private eye. Yes. The guy had a credit card, the knuckle buster that anybody who waited tables or, 
Uh, he had that in his car. You know, it was he ran credit checks. He, on ran, he ran credit checks. He you know he would he he made no bones about it. I do this for a living, and if I don't get paid, then my creditors are on my butt. Prior to Rockford, the you know the stereotype was Mike Connors as Mannix, who oh, never yeah. never seemed to worry about money, never seemed to worry about whether clients paid him or not, never seemed to worry about the fact that he would get shot at week in week out. So you would have, and again, this goes back to Maverick. There was a sort of self-conscious humor that uh, grounded the character and sort of nodded, okay, this is not the way you expect a hero to act on television. But just because you can have the hero ask these down-to-earth questions, it doesn't change, it, it doesn't take away from the fact that it's a very entertaining show. Okay, I have one for you. Since okay. you know the show better than certainly anybody else in this room, you also know the evolution of television. How would Rockford fare today on NBC? They've tried that. They, okay. They, they have tried that. In fact, Dermot Mulroney was cast as Rockford in about the three or four years ago in a very famous attempt to uh, reimagine Rockford for today. And I've, I've said this before, and we've talked about reimaginings in yeah. general. I've said this before. I have no problem with an attempt to reimagine Rockford uh, because any... Even regardless of whether the remake is good or bad, odds are any remake of Rockford will will trigger conversation of James Garner in the original NBC series, or to some extent the the movies that Jim did uh, for CBS in the 1990s. And by extension, any conversation of the original series may inspire people to pick up a copy you of pick up your book which is available which is, on amazon.com barnesandnoble.com ed robertson or wherever books are sold online books are sold online so, and that is good for ed robertson so uh but the uh the tv movies on cbs there was i, I still love la mm. i still love la which i thought was great to cover basically the riots of the northridge quake so as an angelino it brought, you had it, to love it. It brought you up to speed with everything that had happened in Rockford's life and in Los Angeles in yeah. the 20 years. Since Los the Angeles is yeah. a character on that show. It's I love true, watching yeah. it because it's it's the L.A. I grew up in mm-hmm. that, that I could see on that show. And then the one, uh, if it bleeds, it leads. And I think, it, was that the second or third that one? Was the, that was the one with Hal, Hal Linden and Rita Moreno. And Rita Moreno. I think that was the last one. And it was such a great story where Hal Linden is a teacher who's accused of molestation and he didn't do it but the press had already crucified and ruined him which goes back to what we talked about how Rockford would occasionally yeah. you know step out of the private eye formula and and address a current social issue Charles Floyd Johnson who was the executive the, the co-executive producer of the CBS movies said to me uh, when, when, I up, when I updated the Rockford Files book in 2005, Charles, uh, Charles talked to me about that particular movie, which uh, CBS had a problem with because they, they said, this is not a Rockford. It, it's too preachy. It's, there's not enough action. And Charles says, you don't understand. I mean, this is exactly the, kind, the type of story we tackle on Rockford because there, there are times when we let Jim become an everyman and we put him in the middle of a situation where we see one of his friends being just brutalized by the press. And so yes. that's exactly what we do on our friends. And do you think that uh, a lot of people didn't, it didn't register because on the original series, when they hit those social issues, they were very subtle about it as opposed to, let's say, Lou Grant around the same time, where it was a little bit more 
or other shows where it's really on your head, you know, that they're going to tackle this topic? I, 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 they weren't, they weren't always, they weren't always subtle. I mean, the one where, uh, So Help Me God, which is the one that Garner won the Emmy for, they, they tackle uh, the grand jury system. And that was about as subtle as a sledgehammer. So, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, espe- especially Jim's speech at the end, where, so, but it just, yeah. it just depends. I mean, but again, they, they can get away with that in the original series because Rockford had already been on for three years at that point. And so every now and then, as, as Steve Cannell would put it, you could take a gamble and go outside, go outside the box. Maybe in the case of the CBS movies because there were only eight of them and that was the mm-hmm. eighth at the time. And you know, CBS was – CBS – this was like 96, 97, if I remember correctly. CBS was not number one at the time. They were behind, I think, NBC. And so they had they – were, they were skewing older – as opposed to as opposed to now, yes. But but I I think it was. Uh, it's never been called the juvenile network. It's never for a been reason. called the juvenile yeah. network. But I think it was more of an eyeballs issue yeah. than anything else. I mean, for, and now that I recall, that movie sat on the shelf for two years before they finally aired it, and. And as it happened, when it aired, it won its time slot and was one of the and finished in the top twenty, which is the only one of the eight CBS movies other than I still love L.A. that that finished that high. Although I think the fact that it aired on the night of the Columbine shooting and and. And people were looking for relief at that time. And so, and that, that did not bring the the relief. Yeah. And, uh, well, it well, yeah. It was an escape. It was not a typical Rockford escape, but it certainly yeah. it certainly did bring relief. And yeah. I mean, just on a side note, when that happened, networks were going a little crazy. Episodes were shelved, backburnered. If it was not in the continuity, if they could skip that episode and delay it, if it did not upset the the normal courses, uh, there was a Buffy episode that uh, was supposed to air right around that same time, and I think it aired in August. Yeah, you know, just because it's like anything that was relatively close to that, yeah. uh, it they just no, we're, we we got to step aside from that. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Uh, before we step aside too far, uh, we mentioned Steve Cannell, we mentioned Huggins, we mentioned Charles Floyd Johnson, we mentioned David Chase. We should also mention Juanita Bartlett who was also uh, one of the key people behind Rockford Files. I believe she wrote the Grand Jury episode. Not only that, she wrote, I don't know whether she created the Beth Davenport character, but she wrote virtually all of the Beth Davenport episodes. Which is a great character on the show. One of the best characters on the show. And uh, Juanita was, she was one of the first Writers become a producer in television um, in the 70s at the time when there's still the glass ceiling. And her, her name is not as heralded as some of the other uh, female writers, producers in television history, but, she's a, but she's, she was a very important uh, part of that show. We lost Juanita within the last, within the last week, but our friend Paul Green 
uh, interviewed Juanita. In fact, I believe he conducted the very last interview Juanita gave, and that's part of Paul's excellent biography of Roy Huggins, which we'll talk about in the next week or so on the program. Yeah, and I, I think Beth was... Because you had Angel, Dennis, Rocky were pretty much the reoccurring, mm-hmm. but they all served a very specific purpose to have in the story. Uh, and Beth, I think, also was a good counterpart to Rockford, mm-hmm. but also saved him, but saved him on a, a legal level and uh, could be the voice of reason and, uh, and an intellectual equal to Rockford because Rockford is smarter than everybody else who which was a regular. Was, which was a v- not unimportant part of casting Gretchen because Gretchen was twenty, I believe, twenty years younger than Jim, maybe a little more than that, and it was important that uh, she could play, she could she could bring out the intelligence and maturity of Beth, and in addressing the backstory of Rockford's relationship with Beth, with, so that you wouldn't think about the fact that Jim Garner is twenty years yeah yeah older than her because that was yeah. Jim was very sensitive about that. He did not want to come across as a dirty old man. One more item if you want to eat better this year. Our friends at Factor are the perfect solution. They have more than 35 fresh, pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, Keto, and Vegan, and Veggie that are restaurant quality with such premium ingredients as filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus, and which are all ready to eat and ready to eat with no prepping, no cooking, and no cleanup necessary. Check it out yourself by going to factormeals.com forward slash talk TV 50. Astrid and I recently checked out some of Factor's keto selections, including their roasted tomato and feta cavatappi with broccoli and red peppers, and the garlic and herb roasted mushrooms, while their three bean chili with quinoa is just the right size for lunch. We also enjoyed their chocolate banana smoothies, which is just one of the more than 60 healthy and nutritious add-on options Factor provides that will help you fuel up and feel good all day, while best of all, Factor meals are less expensive than takeout. Head to factormeals.com slash TV50 and use code TV 50 to get 50% off your first month's order and 20% off your next month. Factor Meals is celebrating Earth Day all throughout the month of April, so be sure to look for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for our lowest carbon footprint meals. Factor Meals is the perfect solution for fast, upscale, ready-to-eat meals. That's factormeals.com slash TV 50 and use code talk. TV50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash TV Confidential, x.com forward slash TV Confidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.